Welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel. And I'm Christina. And this week we are doing an episode about one of my favorite singers of all time. Who could that be? That would be Mr. Usher Raymond IV, singer, songwriter, dancer, part-time actor, (laughs) all that stuff. What a coincidence. I like him too. Really? Yeah. I think we should talk about it. What do you think about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) That was quite silly. So Usher got his start uh, just being a little kid trying to be a singer. He was in this group called New Beginnings, apparently. Oh, and I did not know that. Some group that was put together by a local promoter in Chattanooga, where he's from, Tennessee boy. Uh, he was eventually found by Bobby Brown's bodyguard, who then put him in touch with people in Atlanta. And he ended up working out and getting a deal with LaFace. Mm-hmm. They decided to bring him in and he was off and running from that point. Not going to lie, his first couple songs, not a fan. (laughs) That album is a a bit much for me, listening to it coming from a 14, 15-year-old kid. Yeah. The first album is a little bit tainted for me as well because (laughs) I'm an adult now. Right. And even though we're basically the same age, I think he's like a year older than me. Okay. So listening to it at the time, even though at that age, I was like, okay, this this is a lot for, but you know, you're the same age, so you're like, whatever, right? But listening to a kid as an adult is a little bit weird. Yeah, because I was an adult at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm barely an adult. I was like 18. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's kind of like, okay, teenagers are doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the stuff you're talking about, nigga, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. It, you're doing too much. You got a little too much dip on your chip, player. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, okay, I'm not naive. And also, right. as a teenager, I knew other teenagers were having sex, yes. too, right? But the way he's singing about it is a little mature. Yeah. And it's not the way teenagers do it. Exactly. <laughs> you, you're trying to hide this stuff from people. Yeah. Whereas he's putting it out there, letting the world know, hey, this is what I'm doing. Slow like, come love. Now. Come on now. But at the same time, we mentioned this in, what, our very first or second episode, mm-hmm. talking about Tevin Campbell with... People who are singing songs that are way too mature for them. You had Tevin, Usher, Monica, Immature. Mm-hmm. Brandy was probably looking in somebody's window like, man, I wish I could be as cool as they are. <laughs> Monica's window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aaliyah. See, yeah. So all of these kids are singing songs that they shouldn't be singing. And we just let that yeah. shit fly. But I think Usher was probably the most explicit, though. Yeah, he was by far the worst. Yeah, because even with Tevin Campbell, he was a little bit older by the time he was more explicit. Yeah. Like, do you have school and some homework? <laughs> but at least I think he was maybe at least 17 at the time. Right. Whereas Usher was like 15 when yeah. his album came out, which means he was probably 14 when he recorded And it. he looked every second of 14 yes, years old. he looks old. like a baby, as <laughs> someone rudely said on Twitter, fat face Usher. It's like, it's not a fat face. It's a baby yeah. face. It, it's funny to see him that young and that small because you can see him there mm-hmm. like the usher we know now, but he looks like a tiny little baby, he does. especially in the, uh, I think it's the call me a Mac video. Yeah. No, it's the can you get with it video. Okay. When Diddy picks him up from school because he pretends he got a headache mm-hmm. and nosebleed and he comes out wearing this Laker jersey <laughs> that's he just swimming in and these huge Timberlands that he's got Puss in on. boots. basically (laughs) like this is a child yeah and he's riding around hanging out with diddy this is not a good thing (laughs) on literally on the hood of the car (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we're talking about his debut album self-titled usher 1994 yeah 
But at the same time, these songs are the reflection of the producers and the writers. It was. Like, Can You Get With It is so Devante. It is. Like, we got all these kids out Mm -hmm. here singing these adult songs. Like I said, for me, I'm a year younger than him. And so it seemed less weird. I was kind of like a goody two-shoes in that sense. (laughs) So even though I knew my peers were doing it, it was more like titillating to me rather than inappropriate. But as an older person, (laughs) it was just like, ah, he was like 14 15 right (laughs) i think if i had been in his circle at that Mm -hmm. time i and people that i hung out with would have been telling him stuff like you lying (laughs) you ain't doing that shit you making all this stuff up yeah but it was 1993 94 i guess maybe like because the way he sings it he doesn't sound like a kid right i mean he does have a young voice his voice is very light yeah and just listening to it now compared to how he sounds now, like you could tell he was much younger yeah. when he recorded this, but he doesn't sound like a kid. Like yeah. the first Immature album, they sounded like little kids. Right. Right. They singing about, um, what was their song? I got the munchies for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh man, totally inappropriate, but it's, <laughs> it's made to sound like a kid song. It's like, I got the munchies for you, baby, or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember still that Still inappropriate. All. That was when they still had the little Asian kid. Yeah. <laughs> anyways. Who was last seen in the house party movie, but we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, like they sounded like kids, but Usher sounded young, but he managed to sing these songs without sounding like a kid. Right. And I think maybe that's why it kind of flew under the radar for even for older people or adults yeah. listening to it. Like it makes sense for teenagers because, you know, when you're 14, 15, 16, you think you're grown anyway, right? right? So it's not weird to us, I suppose, or as weird. But yeah, just looking at it now, it's like, why is Devante and Diddy and what's your main <laughs> Dupree on this album? Too? No. Like, okay, this is like baby face and stuff, right? Why are they making this music for a child? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, inappropriateness aside, <laughs> I still like the album in okay. terms of, you know, how it sounds right. or whatever. Like my favorite song is Think of You. And it's a very yeah. typical of Diddy circa 1994. It's kind of like got the little hip hop undertones and yes. sounds like Mary J and Jodeci at that time, like very much that 1994, 93. Well, I'm just going to go out on the limb and say, this is the reason why you like that song. And you don't even know this is the reason why you like that song. The sample, because you're a big East Coast hip hop yep. fan dun, dun, dun. and you got that <laughs> black moon, you yep. got the prop sample. It's like, it was already yep. in you. As soon as. The song starts. That's yeah. It. Just keep doom, doom, doom. <laughs> so I can see that would be your favorite song. And on then the, album. the close second is Can You Get With It? Because <laughs> it's Jodeci. Jodeci. It's produced by Devante. It sounds exactly like Devante. Without even knowing, <laughs> I was going to be able to predict the two songs that you would like. You know what's funny about this? Us talking about him being a child recording this. So I've been doing the, the Peloton workouts. Right. And they have like these artist series. And so I was doing an Usher yoga artist series workout and the instructor, I'm thinking she's probably around our age or maybe a little bit younger, but, and she's obviously an Usher fan. She's doing this workout and she starts it off. I can't remember which song she played, but it was definitely from this album. I think it might've been Think of You. And she was like, this is grown folk music. (laughs) And I get what she means because grown folk is in like people our age listen to this, but it's just funny that she's referring to like a 15 year old's music as grown folk music. Because it was. (laughs) But it was grown folk music then because he had no business singing about all that stuff. (laughs) 
Not at all. It's just funny how sensibilities change because mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with it then. I just didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, oh, you should be singing that young man's like, yeah. <laughs> I know you're doing it, but you're not doing it like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just calm down, little yeah. nigga. <laughs> that was my impression. Yeah. So you've given your favorite song mm-hmm. on this album. I'm going to say Think of You as well for the same reason, just because I like the sample. But on a whole, not my favorite album because he's younger than me. <laughs> I wasn't believing in what he was saying. So I was like, you know what? Come back again next year and try it again because <laughs> I don't believe in you. And then he did. Well, not next year, a couple of years. Yeah, it was a couple of years in between. One more thing I wanted to mention about the first album. Okay. There's a lot of faith all over this. She yes. was singing um, background vocals for, I think, like the majority of the songs. Yeah. I wanted to mention that too. Glad you brought it up because it's funny that people we know now as stars, we didn't know then. Like she's background vocals, co-writing most of the songs on the album. Like, wait a minute. I know this name and had no idea that I've been listening to Faith Evans since 1993. Yep. And she's like prominently on this yeah. album. Like even though she's singing background vocals, like you can't miss her. Right. Now that I see it, yeah. it's like, oh, how did I miss this? Yeah. But because I didn't know who Faith Evans was when it originally came out. All right. So moving on to his second album, My Way, he links up with another tiny man from Atlanta, (laughs) Jermaine Dupri, who uh, has a penchant for working with younger people. Yeah, it it seems to be his thing. He's the the molder of young talent, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he was hooked up with JD and they produced the My Way album. I don't remember the last time I listened to this either, but this was probably what really got me into Usher was this album. The My Way video is kind of weird. Him and Tyrese having dance battles in a junkyard. I forgot about that. I just watched it before we recorded this. Is this supposed to be like the Warriors? I don't know what it's supposed to be. I'm sure it's a reference to something. I don't know what it is. They're doing that very like, you know, theatrical games. So it made me think of the Warriors. Warriors, West Side Story. Or like a colorful Mad Max. Yeah, it's it's a lot. A lot of dancing in abandoned (laughs) buildings and dirt and stuff. And (laughs) costumes and makeup. But yeah, I. I I like this one as well. While we're talking about kids being too grown, he's got a duet with Monica on this one, Slow Jam. Yes. There's no way these two kids should sound like this. (laughs) Not at all. He was at least, I think, maybe 17, 18 by now. Right. But she was still a couple years younger. Mm -hmm. She's a teenager. Right. And they just sound grown. (laughs) Like (laughs) Sherelle and Alexander O'Neill. Yeah. Is it a cover or is it? It sounds like a cover, or is it just no, because of the way they're singing it? Yeah, it's just because <laughs> of the way they're singing it. Because it sounds like an old song, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's an original. Okay. As far as I'm aware, I could be wrong, but I just think it's a, a babyface original. I didn't look it up, but even if it is an original, it definitely sounds like a cover because the yeah. way they're singing it, they just sound like grown. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another song that's really inappropriate, even though he's a little bit older now, is Nice and Slow. Yeah. But at least he was a little bit older, so I'll accept it at this point. I think at this point he should have at least been 18. I wrote it down here, so he's 19. Okay, because it was 1997. Yeah, so I'll accept it at this point. Like, it's a little more believable than on the first album. (laughs) Yep. Was it Nice and Slow that Kimora Lee Simmons was in the video? I don't remember. I didn't watch this video. Because there's a video, I'm pretty sure it's Nice and Slow, where she gets kidnapped by some gangsters or something. Oh, man. 
I think they put her in a cage. <laughs> I definitely need to look this There's up. Definitely Kamara was in it. And, and I'm pretty sure some kind of kidnapping. Okay. You have to go rescue her. But I, I'm having visions of her being like locked up. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I watched a couple videos, but not as many as I usually right. do. didn't get to it this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this album kind of solidified him as one to watch. Because right. although the first album was good, it was still, you know, he's a kid. Yeah. He's it's kind of new and this is a little more refined and mature I guess. yeah and it started a working relationship with him and jd so. right which was a good combination yeah and it's been fruitful for both of their careers yeah. ever since so there's some obvious jams on this one you make me wanna nice yeah. and slow but my favorite one is one day you'll be mine yep and you know why i do <laughs> same reason i like it the sample yep <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the original song but it's the same sample that ice cube uses it's uh isley brothers between the sheets between the sheets duh that's been sampled what 300 times something oh, is it between the sheets wait no it's footsteps in the dark footsteps in the dark yeah. yeah which has also been sampled a bajillion times but i think my first frame of reference for it was uh, ice cube it was a good day right? yeah yeah that so, would be my first reference is listening to my stepfather playing the Isley Brothers <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Well, for me, I did not grow up <laughs> in that kind of household. My parents, if we have any Vietnamese listeners, then y'all know about this Paris by Night stuff. <laughs> That's what I grew up hearing my parents listen to. So they were not listening to the Isley Brothers. I really wanted to get on some Paris <laughs> by Night the last time we were there. But yeah, so most of these like 70s songs and stuff I've discovered through just looking up samples of different right. R&B and hip hop songs. But since I like R&B and I like hip hop, if they use the same sample, I can enjoy it on both sides. Right? <laughs> I can listen to Ice Cube and I can listen to Usher and everything feels familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can listen to Isley Brothers. <laughs> exactly. You take it all the way back. Yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite song? Oh, you just told me. Yeah. Which is also your favorite song. It is. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I would say this is a pretty solid second album as well. Although we haven't gotten to a no skip album yet. There are still songs and I'm yeah. just like, meh. Yeah, you can see the Usher that we know now mm -hmm. being formed on this album. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the beginnings of Usher. And on his next album is where it really pretty much all came together. Yeah, because he's an adult now, at least. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's finally at an age where this doesn't seem weird. Right. <laughs> Like, I don't think you should be saying that, at least <laughs> not in public. The next album was 8701. It was originally supposed to be called All About You. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we are living in a time that albums were just getting leaked left and right. So a lot of this album ended up getting leaked to the Internet. Mm. And they decided to just go ahead and scrap it and start over. Uh, they kept a couple songs, but for the most part, they just scrapped it all. I remember a sampler of the album with like 30 second snippets of different songs and what whatnot. And one of them was Just a Friend by Mario, was originally done by Usher. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. It, it was one of the songs that ended up getting leaked. And all these songs you can find on YouTube. Mm hmm Pop Your Collar was actually released as a single. Mm -hmm. And if you get a chance, all you people out there, go watch the Pop Your Collar video. It's so ridiculous. 
<laughs> I don't know if you got a chance I to didn't. watch it. When we're done with this, we're going to watch okay. it because it's so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like he's dancing through the streets of downtown LA. He's playing football. <laughs> he's working in a factory. It's just all these different ushers and different scenes. Okay. And it makes no sense. Like he's dancing on top of fire trucks <laughs> and okay. kicking boxes in a warehouse and running back kickoffs for touchdowns. It is amazingly horrible, <laughs> but it's pretty funny. Okay. And Sounds like a lot. It is, <laughs> but it's a, a song that didn't make the album. I think they released it on the European version of 8701. A couple more were, but you are the one in TTP and you turn. Yeah. Again, you can find them on YouTube if you're interested, but the ones that did make the album were pretty solid. Oh, speaking of U-Turn, I wasn't expecting to hear that on one of my little Peloton rides as well. Okay. <laughs> just because, I mean, I guess just because I don't like it doesn't mean other people can't like it. <laughs> right. But it's just of this album, that wouldn't be the song that I would pick. <laughs> <laughs> this one wasn't the Usher Artist series. The instructor just, it was like a, I don't know, I think like a 2000s R&B mix right. or something like that. That wouldn't be one that yeah. I would just pull out of nowhere yeah. to put really on anything. surprised by that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Sure. But yeah, he's trying to make this dance. Like, right. Trying to make fetch happen. Because I was like, I do not know what this U-turn dance is. <laughs> but it's called the U-turn. Duh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of this album, that would not be the song that I picked. No. Okay. So there's like the, the obvious hits, the singles or whatever. Right. You Remind Me, You Don't Have to Call, Not Air Cubadoo, It's Okay Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, girl. But my favorite song on this one is Twerk It Out. Okay, I can see that. It's not my favorite. I'm going to say You Remind Me is my favorite on this album. And I didn't realize that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had done so many songs on this album. Mm -hmm. I just assumed it was a couple by the Neptunes and the rest was Jermaine Dupri. Mm -hmm. But it was like, wait a minute. You Remind Me, Twerk It Out, Can You Help Me? That was all Jam and Lewis. And we need to do an episode on them, I think. Okay. Because every time we do a music artist, they get brought up. Well, I was just thinking that we should do an episode on producers in yeah. general. We can start with Jimmy Jam and Terry Yeah, Lewis. so look out for that. <laughs> All right. Jam and Lewis and the Neptunes. Mm -hmm. And I say that because we need justice for Chad Hugo. <laughs> yes. He was part of the Neptunes the making Neptunes all these hits. It's not just Pharrell. It's not just Pharrell. <laughs> so justice for Chad Hugo. Yeah. Hashtag justice for Chad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the Neptunes, two of these songs were actually written for Michael Jackson. Okay. And he's like, I don't want those. I want that. What, what, what you did for Noriega. <laughs> so he rejected him. Okay. But I don't know. And you don't have to call mm -hmm. were written for Michael Jackson. Hmm. Interesting. And basically the majority of Justin Timberlake's first album were all written for Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And they pitched him to him and he's like, nah, <laughs> I want that Nori shit. Because hey, he wanted to try something new, I guess. Mike knew what he wanted and this wasn't it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw um, Pharrell talking about that on Drink Champs. Like, nah, I want that Nori shit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Just you saying justice for Hugo reminded me of something I had in my notes that uh, I forgot to mention in the first album, the Can You Get With It produced by um, Devante. Mm -hmm. But when I was looking at the credits, there's also a credit for one Timothy Mosley. Yes. <laughs> A.K.A. Yes. Timberland. Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff credited to <laughs> Devante that Timberland actually did. 
maybe they worked on it together. Hey, <laughs> Timberly actually did it. Well, Timothy Mosley was added <laughs> as the credit alongside Devon. Yeah, he got his credit. <laughs> he didn't get producer credit, but. I can't remember what the credit was for. I just saw his name. Probably like songwriting or drum programming or something. <laughs> I'll have to go back and see the particulars. But <laughs> I was like, Timothy Mosley. I think I know who that is. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> okay, so back to this album, 8701. Mm-hmm. The You Don't Have to Call. How many times did you take a video when we were in the same hotel that they shot this video at and we kept going down the elevators because you wanted to try to capture the, the one scene where they're like going yeah. down the elevators? I don't know how many and times And then you I never did posted it. it. I didn't post it. But for anybody who has seen the You Don't Have to Call video, that is not a nightclub. It's a hotel. It's a hotel. Not only is it a hotel, but they filmed that part in a gym to make it look like a nightclub. And I know this because I used to work in this hotel. Mm-hmm. It's the Western Bonaventure downtown Los Angeles. That's not a nightclub that yeah. they're in. It's a hotel gym. <laughs> and those little pods that they're sitting in are machines that have like chest flies and <laughs> leg extensions. It's not a booth in a club. So they had to take all that exercise equipment out? No, it's uh, two floors. So that section didn't have anything in it at okay. the time. Okay. But yeah, it's a gym. <laughs> He's rolling around on shoes with skates yeah in a gym with little wheels (laughs) (laughs) he's a little too old to be wearing those sneakers wasn't he (laughs) i would think so i mean it makes sense for the video i guess yeah that's the only reason but (laughs) only eight-year-old should have been running around with those shoes on I have another little mini story about this album. Okay. So I was still in BC at the time Mm -hmm. and I was working at HMV, a now defunct store that people don't buy CDs in person anymore. (laughs) So this album had the explicit sticker label on it. Okay. I'm not really sure why. The only song that was labeled as explicit when I looked at it on title was You Don't Have to Call. And he says the N-word. That's I don't it. know. Okay. That's the only reason. Yeah. So I hadn't heard the album yet, but this woman came up to me and was like, oh, my 14-year-old daughter wants this, but what is this explicit label all about? And I was like, well, I haven't heard this album yet, but what I know of this artist, it's probably more sexually explicit than swearing. And she was like, oh, that's okay, as long as there's not any swearing on it. And I'm like, excuse me, didn't you just say 14-year-old? Oh, man. <laughs> so I guess, all right. So she bought it for her. And Usher is also shirtless on the cover. <laughs> I mean, I was listening to his first album when I was 14, but my mom did not buy it for me. <laughs> and your mom didn't give you that justification she for did buying not. it either. It's like, oh, as long as there's no okay. cussing in it. <laughs> this uh. is so... The Outcast, I can't remember which album where they have the naked illustration on the CD of a woman. Uh, it's a couple of them. I know that ATLians didn't, but there's two albums that have naked women on the CD. So I took a black marker, put clothes on her so that my mom wouldn't see <laughs> That's a naked funny. woman on my CD. <laughs> So that she definitely funny. was not buying me sexually explicit music <laughs> when I was 14 years old, at least not knowingly. Oh, man. <laughs> People are weird. I mean, maybe they have an open conversation about this kind of stuff. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's my little story. All right. So what's your favorite song on this album? Twerk It Out. Oh, yeah. Duh. You don't be listening to me. I don't. <laughs> I don't listen at all. What's yours? Did you uh, tell me? You remind me. Yeah. That was a close second, but something about Twerk It Out. I just like that one a little bit better. Okay. So we move on to Confessions. And I did not realize 
how big this album was until we saw some random tweet yeah about the billboard top 100s 2004 so we've talked about the billboard top 100 many times being like that's the non-genre specific chart right right and so when we say non-genre specific usually you have to be really popular as a black artist to like get number one hits yeah. on that chart or to chart a little higher there than like on the r&b hip-hop charts usher dominated 2004 not only was 2004 the first time that every single number one hit on the top 100 was by a black artist he dominated for six months yes with different songs from this album <laughs> like that is, is crazy wild <laughs> basically 28 weeks of the year usher was at number one yeah from february to august yeah except for one week in july where fantasia snuck in there somehow <laughs> and then usher went right back to number one which i'm kind of surprised fantasia was able to sneak in as well but just because of the type of artist she is yeah on like at the top 100 to right. hit, hit number one even if it was just for a week was this when she was on American Idol? Maybe that had something well, to had do to with it. Well, it had to be after. Right. But maybe, maybe that had something to do with it. Like, here's the one from American Idol. Check I out guess. her single. But for the weeks from February to August, he was number one. And then did it again for another six weeks in the fall. So it was like usher year. Basically, more than half the year, he was number one on the charts with different songs from this album. I just pulled it up. So it started with, yeah, from February 18th to May 15th. That song was <laughs> yes. number one, not just on the charts, number one. Yeah. So February to May <laughs> and then followed up with Burn mm -hmm. from May 22nd to July 3rd. Then Fantasia snuck in for that one week. <laughs> right. And then Burn came back for another week. And then Confessions Part 2 for two weeks. And then got knocked out by a slow motion. Soldier Slim and Juvie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ended up back in the fall with My Boo with Alicia Keys from October 30th to December 4th. So it was just like usher year. And we're just looking at the number one week. So I'm sure he was in the top 10. Right probably the whole year <laughs> yeah you couldn't get away from it like i knew it was big but i didn't realize more than half the year he was number one on the charts big mm -hmm. and it's also interesting as we said already about the top 100 that this year every single number one artist was a black artist yeah i was looking at the number ones from 1990 up to 2004 mm -hmm. and there's always been a lot of black artists but not surprisingly kind of like after 93 94 was when there were more because as we know hip-hop was starting to get more popular right. in r&b especially like r&b infused hip-hop right because prior to that in like the early 90s it would be like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, mm -hmm. like more of the pop artists. And so it's not surprising that after 93, 4, that there started to be more black artists. But it's pretty interesting to see like every single artist at number one. And then Usher being half of the year. Yeah. <laughs> That album has sold over 10 million copies. And this is physical copies. We're not talking streaming numbers. This is when people were still going out and buying CDs. Mm -hmm. That is ridiculous. Well, the thing that's hilarious about this album, too. So, you know, called Confessions and he's confessing about cheating and blah, blah, blah. Right. And everybody mad at him thinking he's talking about Chili. Because yeah. they were dating and they broke up around this time. But all this time it was Jermaine Dupri's story. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's singing tales of Jermaine's outlandish life. <laughs> and I never really understood why people would think that he's singing about Chili mm-hmm. on Confessions Part 1. He says that he was hanging out in L.A. with his ex. Confessions Part 2, he says he ended up getting a girl pregnant that he didn't even know. Right. It's like, these are two different people. <laughs> so come yeah. on, read the context clues, people. Yeah. He's not talking about Chili. I was able to figure that out. I didn't need Jermaine to come out and say, hey, he's talking about me. (laughs) This ain't about him and Chili. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that was funny, though. Well, even though this album was obviously super huge, as we had just explained, after doing these re-listens, I realized this is also my favorite album from him. Me too. Like, as a full album, this is probably his best one. Yeah. And this is a no-skip album for me. So this was actually where I decided to make that new rule that I need to be able to recognize every song. Right. (laughs) Like, just by looking at the song title. So this one is... One of those. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say it's a no skip album because there are a couple that I do skip, Mm -hmm. but the ones that I like, I like. Right. And with that said, what's your favorite one on this album? So it was head to head. Okay. Ended up being between Superstar Mm -hmm. and Follow Me. Okay. And I ended up with Follow Me because I ended up playing them back to back and that was the one that I wanted to keep listening to more. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why I like that song so much. And considering there's so many hits that the two that I like were non-singles. Right. But I love... I mean, I love the whole album, but yeah, some other close ones I really like. Throwback with Jada Kiss, right. and Caught Up, Truth Hurts, Simple Things, but yeah, follow me. Basically the whole yeah. album. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like half the album that I just listed. Yeah. For me, my favorite is Burn, followed closely by Bad Girl. Hmm. Those two I like, but they were lower on the list for me. Okay. Interesting. Burn reminds me, what is that cartoon, Daddy's Home? <laughs> oh, <laughs> they um, have like a... it's American Dad. Yeah. <laughs> And And one of the characters is just singing about his deadbeat dad that left him or something. But in the style of... Yeah, it's a very R&B record. Yes, and he's in the cartoon animation. He's like shirt open, flying in the wind. Everything you can think about a late 90s, early 2000s R&B video. (laughs) I'll put a link to it. He's standing in the desert like Jodeci wearing a white linen suit (laughs) with his shirt blowing. So every time I hear burn, I think of that. (laughs) Okay. Daddy's home. No, daddy's gone. Daddy's gone. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he's a deadbeat dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. So the other thing that made me know that this album is, like, big was I remember I went home to visit, and my oldest sister, she was playing this album. We were driving somewhere, and she had the CD, and she's like, <laughs> oh, funny. I love this song. And it wasn't, like, Burn or or whatever the big hits were. She was talking about Truth Hurts. No, oh, no, 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 funny. not Truth Hurts, Simple Things. And I was like, you're listening like <laughs> to the album, the CD, not just it's on the radio and I like this song. And it's not like, so she's about 10 years older than me. She was probably about, I mean, probably about 35 at the time, which not necessarily too old to like this album, but she was not listening to, to Usher. Usher. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you're listening to like the whole CD. I was hoping you were going to say <laughs> caught up. No. Just I'm... to <laughs> imagine her driving down the street dancing caught up. and singing <laughs> caught up. No, it was simple things. Because I remember her saying like, oh, that's so true. It's about the simple things. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, and the other funny thing is, speaking of Truth Hurts, about the last minute of the song, he starts going into this ad-libbing. Right. And it's hilarious. So the whole song in Truth Hurts, like the first two, three minutes, is him basically being suspicious of his girlfriend. Like, right. I call, you don't pick up, blah, blah, blah. And then in the last minute, he reveals, okay, I'm just getting <laughs> on you because I'm... I'm the one who's right. actually doing wrong, <laughs> like, right? Plot twist. So he's like, the truth here is I got a secret I've been keeping from you. And then he starts ad-libbing all his wacky stuff. And he's like, because I know you're going to tear the place up, punch me in my face, pull the hot grits out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like goes on and he's just doing all these like wild <laughs> ad-libbing where he's like, ah, you know, when you really get into it, truth hurts. <laughs> oh boy. Please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, the last minute or so yeah again <laughs> the reason why we need to do a jam and lewis episode that's their work <laughs> it's hilarious you just have to listen to it because i can't sing you need to go back and pay attention to this ad <laughs> So we're going to move on to his next album. It was quite a while yeah. after he had done some work. So Confessions was what, 2004? Mm -hmm. And the next album, Here I Stand, was 2008. Right. Which isn't necessarily a long time, but it was, I guess, long for him because we had gotten something every couple of years. Yeah, like every two, three years or something. And in the time that he had done Confessions and the time he came back, music had changed a lot. And this album, I really didn't like too much mm -hmm. because it seemed that we had spent a lot of time where Usher was dictating what was happening in music, especially with the Confessions album being as big as it was. And then when he comes back, he's kind of doing what other people are doing. Right. Whereas, for example, Neo and Chris Brown, their first Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, <laughs> their music was basically trying to sound like Usher. Yeah. Even I would say maybe even Justin Bieber, too. Yeah, well, the two at, Justins. <laughs> at least I'll allow that one because Usher is responsible for Justin Bieber's career. So that one I'll let slide. But it seemed that when he came back, he was trying to do what they were doing. Right. Because, like I said, the sound of music had changed. Love in the club. Because if you, <laughs> yeah, if you listen to, yeah. for example, Neil's first two albums, mm -hmm. It sounds like he's trying to be Usher, basically. But his third album sounds completely different. Right. It's a lot more up-tempo, mm -hmm. a lot of dance mm -hmm. influence stuff. And Usher came back trying to do that, which I it really didn't connect with me. Same. This album actually did pretty well in terms of like charts and sales right. and stuff, right? I think this is kind of like when we were talking about Mary, where there's a certain point where they have a new fan base as well. Yeah, because when you sell 10 million records, right. you got to start catering to different markets now. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe he was just trying to stay current with the current sound or maybe cognizant of his kind of like superstar status or like new um, fans and stuff. But honestly, I didn't like anything on this album and yeah. I, was, I think because of the way i felt about the album i was actually shocked at how well it did i was like oh right. it was like number one yeah it did well yeah i knew that love in the club was popular but that's it that's like literally the only song i knew before i listened to this yeah i had listened to it when it first came out mm -hmm. didn't really like it for the reasons that we've already mentioned is mm -hmm. it was too big 
for me. Like he's hitting too many different types of musical styles. And like I said, he's now trying to fit in rather than dictating terms, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas before they were just doing what they were doing and the world crossed over to to them. It seems now that he's trying to keep up with the current trends rather than just being Usher. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> there was this, the song, What's Your Name, with uh, Will I Am. I had my head turned and I wasn't looking at the screen whenever, so I, was, I just heard it and I was like, is this poker face? <laughs> <laughs> and I was so surprised to hear that kind of sound. Because <laughs> it just, at the beginning, it was just kind of had that ding, 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 right. like the Lady Gaga's poker face. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think that kind of wraps up how I feel about this album. I was like, I don't, I don't know who this was made for, but it wasn't me. <laughs> Although I do like Poker Face. You do. You like some Lady Gaga. I like early Lady Gaga. Yes. <laughs> just based on that, and we really didn't listen to it much, mm-hmm. we can just jump to the next album, which is Raymond versus Raymond. I mean, I feel the same about this one, too. I think he was still trying to stay in that sort of more pop realm. Right. There Goes My Baby might be the most reminiscent of The Usher we knew. Right. But I still didn't really like the song. And I always hated Oh My God. I actually like There Goes My Baby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Oh My God, I can't do that. Yeah, I never liked that. <laughs> yeah, I think there were a few more songs on this album where we got hints of The Usher we knew. Right. But there was still like the club dance yeah. pop. And the only reason why I like DJ God is Falling in Love Again is because I used to well, obviously, you know, I used to teach body pump, which is a weight training fitness class. I used to teach us at Good Life Fitness. And so it's like choreographed, not choreographed as in dancing, but like, you know, we would like. that would be funny. <laughs> no, but we would like do squats to the beat of the music, for example. Like we would go down for two counts, go up for two counts, whatever, whatever. A lot of the music that we had to do those classes to was stuff I didn't really listen to. So right. anything that was like as close to what I would listen to, even though this is like dance Usher, I was like, oh, I like this song because at least it's Usher. <laughs> right. I literally still remember the choreography for the song because I was doing it while I was listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if I didn't hear it a million times in Body Pump, I probably wouldn't like this right. one either. This is like uh, Mr. Worldwide Pitbull territory. Yes, which makes sense because <laughs> he's on the album. Yeah, he's on. Um, yeah, he's on this song. Yeah, yep. his career kind of took the same trajectory yeah. where you blew up and now you're doing something completely different than you were before. Yeah, but yeah, that's Pitbull, by the way, that we're talking about. Yes, and there's a difference between Mr. Three Hundred Five and Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, two completely different dudes. <laughs> One dude wears triple X tall tees. The other wears fitted white suits. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really like this one too much either. Couple songs, but for the most part, I really couldn't get into it. Yeah, there were a couple songs that kind of grew on me as I listened to them, but I'm not really going to go out of my way to listen to this again. Yeah. Wasn't this when he was going through his divorce? Right. Why it's called Raymond versus Raymond? Yeah. So the songs are kind of like all over the place. I don't know if this is maybe because of what he was going through at the time. Because you have these sort of like, we're breaking up, I miss you songs or whatever. And then there's like, I'm in the club with all these (laughs) girls. All right. (laughs) So it was just weird. I don't know. I just, it wasn't for me either. (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't a fan of it. I call this era and even the following album, Looking for Myself, festival music. (laughs) Yes. Because it sounds like what you would hear at these huge music festivals when you got hundreds of thousands of people in the crowd dancing and fist pumping. Yeah. This is what. A lot of oomphs, oomphs. Yeah, this is what they're going to get and what they're coming to see. Right. 
Yeah, because to enjoy a festival, you have to have like a very kind of general interest. Yeah. I mean, I like specific kinds of music. Yes. So I can't listen. Like when we had to sit through Imagine Dragons waiting for Jay-Z, like <laughs> I, I'm just not. I like what I like. Yeah. And it's specific and I just, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the, that three album run yep. of his reminds me of. Yeah. People but, who like Imagine Dragons and Jay-Z yeah. back to back. <laughs> but that's what happens when you sell 10 million records. Right. You're going to have a. You open yourself up to a whole new fan base right. and you can do different music now. Right. It's weird because I really, really, really like Rihanna and she tends to have a wide variety of music and I like all of it. Right. I don't know why I for me, it just didn't work with Usher. I think the difference is with Rihanna, outside of the first couple songs she did, she's kind of always been in a lane where everything was kind of different. That's true. And also, I think she's always been more pop than R&B. Yeah. Like, I think she gets put more in the R&B category. She's black, but right. she's more of a pop star than yeah. an R&B star. Yeah. So maybe that, yeah. And that's probably why I like Lady Gaga, because she's a pop star, too. Right. As like Usher sings a song that sounds like Poker Face. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I assume you didn't like anything on the Looking for Myself album, because there were two that I liked. The one with Rick Ross. Let me see. Uh -huh. and Sins of My Father. I like those two. The only thing I wrote down was Climax and I Care For You had shades of the Usher that I know and love. Right. But I think for me, Hard to Love which is the next album 2016. This is yeah. where it kind of comes back for me. Right. Same. I'm like, all right. This is the Usher that we yeah. grew up with. It sounds current enough. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I get this. Yeah. It makes sense. And then, of course, he appeals to my old head sensibilities. He's got <laughs> Luke's Don't Stop. <laughs> and there's no limit. I'll see murder that. <laughs> so it appeals to old people like me. Right. <laughs> Yeah, for me, same thing. This is the Usher that we knew yeah. and, and loved. Mm -hmm. So this one was a lot easier for me to listen and get into. Yeah. And I actually listened to this album when it came out rather than just skipping through it like, eh, nope, next, see you next year. Yeah, I think after Here I Stand, I was just like, meh. But then also, again, around this time, so Here I Stand came out 2008. Mm -hmm. I would say around that time i think i just sort of stopped listening to new music period because i right. wasn't really listening to radio so i wasn't really discovering new stuff streaming was becoming something yeah and it gets to the point then where you don't listen to the albums you just listen to the songs you just you listen hear. to the songs and you listen to stuff that you want to listen right to. like oh i'm just gonna put mary J on i'm yeah. gonna put teacher moses on i'm gonna whatever i think i just wasn't discovering new music like before it was like you knew when a new album was coming out and you'd go buy it and right stuff. so i think just the way i was listening to music was keeping me from just discovering new music even if it was from artists that i already liked Right. And so, yeah, like pretty much stuff after 2006, seven, like I just don't really know anything, anything <laughs> like or very much. <laughs> that makes sense because yeah. especially in the past few years, how everything has just become singles driven. Right. Like we really don't get albums anymore mm -hmm. that people have to go out and get. We get a collection of playlists. Yeah. Like here's a song from this person, here's a song from this person, and yeah. I'm going to create my own compilation rather than sitting down with somebody's 
full body of work and enjoying it. Just a different life now. Yeah. So doing this podcast has kind of forced me to listen to new stuff. Yeah. So like I was pleasantly surprised by this album. I think I want to give it a couple more listens. Okay. The first song, Need You, was the one that jumped out to me first. I really like that song. The other stuff I like, but it's one of those things I need a couple more listens. Okay. So you hadn't heard it until just this week or whatever? Yeah. Today. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> no, no. Yesterday. <laughs> I started listening to it yesterday. Yeah. I remember. I finished it today. <laughs> I listened to it when it first came out because Pharrell and Robin Thicke had gotten sued for Blurred Lines. Uh -huh. And the song that he has on here with Nicki Minaj kind of sounds like it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how is he getting away with this? Uh, I remember us talking but about But Robin Thicke <laughs> is getting shut down by Marvin Gaye's people because yeah. you can hear how that was influenced by Marvin Gaye as well. So mm -hmm. that what kind of brought me into the album. And then I just ended up listening to the rest of it. I was like, hey, I actually kind of like this mm -hmm. after being off of Usher for a couple years. So yeah. I've been listening to it for a while. Okay. The Need You song, the way it starts off, I was like, eh, eh, eh. and then maybe at 30 seconds a minute into it, I was like, something changed. And I right. was like, I love this song <laughs> and i listened to it like three times in a row <laughs> yeah that's my favorite one on the album yeah either that one or the one with Nicki minaj minus Nicki minaj <laughs> like if there was a version that we could have without her on it i would prefer that but i don't even remember that song now she came to give it to you those yeah. are the two that i like the other one i like which i mentioned to you last night was let me because it had the depending on what your frame of reference is ready for the world <laughs> or the i know jay right. let me love you down <laughs> sample <laughs> although the official sample credit is ready for the world right i thought i know jay first <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's hilarious that that's your reference went to that because you're old still <laughs> I know both of them, but I, because I never liked that version yeah. of it, like that's the last person I would have thought of. Well, like you could have given me 20 guesses <laughs> to pick any random artist of my lifetime. And I never would have thought about that at all. That was first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> I put it on afterwards. <laughs> So I have a little mini memory slash story about that too. So I was still in BC again when that song came out, the I Know Jay version. And I remember watching Much Music. They had a live performance of that song and they had all these dancers and stuff and it just looked so much fun. And this was back then when I thought being a fly girl was like a real job I could do <laughs> or something. Or I still had dreams like one day. But And I remember one girl who was one of the backup dancers and she was terrible. Because I was like, if okay. she can do it, anybody, I can do it, right? And I was like, oh, Toronto looks so fun. And I'm like, I hate it here. It's what led you to <laughs> Toronto. Kind of. I mean. One of a few things. Yeah. At that point, I was like, fuck Canada. I'm leaving Canada altogether. <laughs> I ended up in San Jose because my sister was out there at the time. And then long story short, that wasn't working. And I was like, if I got to go back to Canada. I'm going to go to Toronto. And, and here you are. Yep. And then eventually dragged your ass over here too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> here we are. Yep. <laughs> we'll be back in California at some point. Yes, definitely. <laughs> So his next album is called A, mm -hmm. and it's an album with him and this producer from Atlanta, Zaytoven. Mm -hmm. This one's not for me. Nope. It's this... definitely not for me because I don't listen to a lot of current music, and that's definitely what this is. Very much like this is like if you like futures on the album. Future, so if you yeah. like future gonna that type of yeah. stuff this kind is of, the album for you yeah the newer atlanta rap 
Yes. And but you want to hear some R and B. Right. <laughs> and basically what I got from a couple interviews that he did about the album is basically he wanted to write a love letter to Atlanta. Okay. And here we go. This is Atlanta in its finest. Yeah. For younger people. Yeah. Or people who like this version of Atlanta. <laughs> right. I'm sure there are people our age in Atlanta who love this album because this is what they're into. There. Yes. That's their home. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, I don't have any favorites on this one. <laughs> yeah. One thing did pop out, though. I can't remember which song it was. Um, the one is like, did she tell you this and that? Did she tell you this and that? But you know, he's singing to, I guess, presumably her boyfriend. Right. Right. Like, did she tell you? I raised her confidence or something. Did, I, did she <laughs> okay. tell you? But he goes something like, did she tell you I paid for that body? I'm like, ew. <laughs> I'm assuming he means, I don't know, butt injections or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with that. However he means it. I'm like, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Is it when you're talking <laughs> shit to somebody though? I guess. <laughs> but that's pretty much yeah, I only I listen to, to it <laughs> the one time, and yeah, it's just not for me. If there's anything else he's going to be doing in the next couple of years, I'm going to probably jump on that because Confessions 2 is coming later this year, apparently. That I'll wait for. Yeah. This one, not so much. Kind of like what we've said before, too, like even if it's not for me, there's a difference between not for me and terrible. Right. And so if he releases something new, I'll check it out. But it's not like, ugh, I yeah. just done. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Because there's a couple songs yeah. that, like singles that he's released in the past couple years. Mm-hmm. I listened to California last night for the first time. It's from one of these TV competition shows where you get to write a song for a celebrity or something. And California is pretty cool. I like that. It came out last summer, mm-hmm. I believe. And there's one with LMA that you might like because it samples I Like by High Five. It's uh, called Don't Waste My Time. I don't like it. Oh, you don't? No. That's surprising. Because he also has a song with, um, what's her name? Uh, the one that's always getting yelled at on social media. <laughs> that could be anybody. Um, her alternate account is like Intergalactica Horror or something like that. Summer Walker? Yeah. Okay. Why do I remember her alter ego <laughs> and not her name? He has a song with her where they actually sample You Make Me Wanna, one of his okay. songs, right? Something about these new R&B girls mixing with like old R&B, I don't think I like it. Or maybe it's just I, certain some certain songs. I can't say that I've heard that, so I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. Okay, I that's interesting. I thought I would like it. You are anti-sampling. You're an old... <laughs> Yeah, right. Since when I've been anti-sampling when I... You don't like your songs being sampled. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) The same way our parents are like, man, that's just Rick James. That's you now. Your parents, not my parents. Remember, they were watching Paris by night. (laughs) Yes, parents of our age. Yes. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. That's what it is. You just don't like people sampling your music. Nope, that's not true because there are songs that I like. I have a personal playlist called New R&B and it's basically any song after after like 2015 or something because there's so little new music that I right. like there's like 20 songs on there <laughs> <laughs> although there are some new artists newer artists that I like Anderson Pack right and, and I really like Division which are two guys from Toronto I, I wouldn't be surprised if Usher is one of their influences influences because they have a very similar style and I actually saw a video of them singing nice and slow somewhere okay. recently when I was just looking up Usher stuff. So there are some new artists that I like that sample and do throwbacks to okay. my arts. I just don't <laughs> like that one. All right. <laughs>
Oh, I left this note here. The California song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny that whoever wrote it obviously wrote it during the pandemic because there's a line where Usher says, Atlanta is open, but I ain't going out, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me chuckle. Was Atlanta ever closed? It wasn't. <laughs> but at least he said that he wasn't going out. Or the person who wrote the song right. on this competition said that he wasn't going out. That's funny. That doesn't mean that Usher wasn't going out. <laughs> All right. So I mentioned that he says that Confessions 2 is coming in Mm -hmm. the next couple months. Mm -hmm. He's also got a residency in Vegas. Yes. Starting in a couple weeks, as a matter of fact. In my notes, I wrote, if we can ever go outside, I would like to see it. Yeah, because we're at the point in our lives where acts and musicians that we listen to are getting residencies in Vegas. I know. And usually you think about that and it's like Frank Sinatra, (laughs) Sammy Davis Jr., Elton John, all these older artists are doing these residencies. And now the people we grew up listening to are doing residencies. Like in my mind, Usher is still like 28. (laughs) And obviously he's not because he's a year older than me. I damn sure ain't 28. (laughs) I looked it up. He's 42 years old. So our peers are now doing residencies. That's kind of sad next stop what is <laughs> no the boat cruise called I, i'm not doing any tom uh, joiner cruises <laughs> no well you know who we won't be two stepping to if will, we end up in an hallway party i'm <laughs> not doing a joiner cruise i might do essence fest that's as far as i'm going okay <laughs> not doing a tom joiner cruise uh, but i would go check out usher in vegas I think the U.S.-Canada border is still closed. It is. Right. So we'll, but we'll it see. it should be opening up soon. And I think it's running through like January or something. Mm. So maybe later in the year. We might. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah. And to prep for the show a couple weeks ago, he was giving out Usher Bucks at a strip club oh, yeah. in Vegas. <laughs> and one of the strippers is complaining on Instagram, I believe, about these Usher Bucks that he was yeah. throwing in the club with his face on it. <laughs> but she framed it as that's all he was throwing. Right. But one of his representatives was like, no, he was actually throwing out real money, too. She just neglected to say that. Mm-hmm. And then the next day she's like, well, I didn't say he didn't throw any money. I just said he was throwing these Usher Bucks. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Usher Buck. <laughs> All right. So since we're getting to the end here, do mm-hmm. you have a suggestion for our listeners to check out? I would just say if they're like me and just kind of like gave up on newer music to give the Hard to Love album a try. That was going to be my suggestion too, <laughs> for the exact same reason. Okay, I wouldn't say given up, just kind of like fallen by the wayside. <laughs> yeah, because the those three albums. Yeah. There's one or two songs on them that I liked, but for the most part, it was something I couldn't get with. Yeah, but, but this one was like, I would like to listen to this. Again. Yeah, Hard to Love was solid, in my opinion. And so check that out. Yeah, I don't know if this, this isn't a suggestion for listeners per se. I mean, I guess it could be, but I would like to watch him play Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, yeah, we meant to do that. Yeah. He's in uh, a movie about... Sugar Ray Leonard. He's in the movie okay. playing Sugar Ray Leonard, but yeah. the movie is actually about Roberto Durant. I don't know who that is. He's another boxer. And oh, okay. him and Sugar Ray fought a couple hands times. Hands of Stone. Yeah, because that's what they used to call Roberto Duran, Hands and... of Stone, because he used to knock niggas out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a movie about him, and he plays Sugar Ray Leonard yeah. in it. And we had meant to watch it a couple of days ago and forgot. Yes. So we'll probably watch that. And also remember to check out the Poppy Collar video because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Usher okay. dancing on fire trucks, playing football, and kicking boxes in a warehouse. Sure. So check those two out. All right. You got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, Not really. I think we've said it all. 
Yes, we have. I'll probably remember something later. As soon as I hit stop. I should have said this. I forgot to say that. It happens every single time. Here we are. Can't do anything about it. Here we go. (laughs) All right. On that note, we're done. Thank you again for checking us out. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Mm -hmm. That way we can get some more listeners. If you're enjoying this shit, we can continue to do it. Uh, Check us out on social media at Troy Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, Black Planet, (laughs) MySpace, Plenty of Fish. <laughs> Tinder, Bumble, everywhere at Troy Podcast. Uh, minus All right. the last few places. Maybe not at the last two places, but <laughs> definitely on Twitter and Instagram at Troy Podcast. Or you can check us out at TroyPodcast.com. Everything you need to know about us is on the website. The website is still being well, updated, but there are some things to see right there right now. Couple things. Yeah, it's worth checking out. You can go see the colors the, changing on right, the website. Right, it's pretty right. cool. But we are working really hard extra goodies yeah so until then check out what's currently there mm-hmm. also if you would like to check out an usher playlist that we put together just search the title of this episode on spotify and it'll come up also if you want to hear other playlists that we've done you can just search troy podcast on spotify as well on that note it's time for us to go because i'm hungry and i want to get something to eat <laughs> it's dinner <time>. it is so <laughs> we'll see you again in a couple weeks bye bye